the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show. Uh, my name is Lou, uh, a.k.a. Falcon Co. Paris. And I want to thank all of our listeners for their continued support. Um, just by listening to the show, we're bringing on some great guests. So we appreciate you listening and staying tuned. And I need to send a message out to sponsors, advertisers, marketers. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in uh, a sponsorship partnership opportunity with the UCW Radio Show, just go to ucwmagazine.com and uh, contact us. And we are uh, all ears uh, listening to your proposal. Now, in just a little while, we're going to have um, a comedian from the New England area. Uh, she is actually one of the busiest comedians in that area. She's performed coast to coast. Uh, she has pretty much um, rude audiences, both of uh, alternative audiences and mainstream audiences. The bottom line is she has a bright future ahead of her. Uh, she is a dynamite gal, and we're going to get her on the line in about a minute. Uh, I think that, um, well, let me say not think, I know that our listeners will find her, the story of her journey amazing. I think it is. Okay, but we're going to get to her in a second. I just need to give our listeners just a, a little bit of information. Uh, if you want to call in, you can call in at 323-952-4369. Give us a call uh, with your questions, your comments, whatever it may be. If you want to find out who's on the show, go to ucwmagazine.com. You can find that easily just by going there. We try to put a schedule up, but keep in mind that sometimes the schedule does change. So it's all subject to change. So you can leave us your questions, comments, and uh, things of that nature. Uh, also, uh, again, uh, sponsors, go to ucwmagazine.com and uh, get in touch with us for those partnership opportunities. And if you're on Twitter, you can shoot me out some questions, comments, things of that nature. Yes, I am a social networking guy as well. And if you have a question for our, our guest, shoot it out to me. Tweet it out. And we'll try to add it uh, as part of the show. We'll try to pose those questions or comments to our guests. Just make it interesting because we do want you a part of the show. So try to get involved. My Twitter name is Luis Velasquez. That's L-O-U-I-S-V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. -E -E so follow me and ask away. Now, without further ado, let's patch in this uh, great New England talent. The comedic genius, and I'm calling her that. Her name is Amy T. Let's get her on the line. Amy, it's great to have you on the UCW radio show. I want to thank you in advance for being with us uh, today. Uh, it's a great pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, awesome. You know, we always appreciate the time that our guests put aside. We say, I say it every show, but it is true because you are busy and you are taking time out for the show uh, to tell your story. Uh, Amy, you're, you're tagged as the busiest comedian in the New England area. You perform... Um, 
Well, you, you're, tired. You're, you're busy. You're busy, busy. Don't, don't minimize that. You're busy. You're, 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 you're a busy comedian. Uh, you perform coast to coast. You woo the audience, both uh, alternative and mainstream audiences. Uh, but there's so much more to you than that, than the finished product. So before we get into your current events and standings and what you have going on comedy-wise, I like to start at the very beginning and get to the core of who Amy T is. Um, did you grow up in New England? I did. I grew up in the, the Boston area. Uh, I've lived there all my life. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Lived there all my life. Love it. Okay, yeah, we have we had some uh, New England, actually some Boston natives uh, on the show uh, over the past uh, week. They have uh, the uh, cage fighting, uh, cage fighting extreme. They're from Boston, and mm -hmm. yeah, so they they're over there too. So yeah, look at all you performers over there, comedy and all. Um, exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> Boston's coming out. <laughs> uh, but Amy, let me ask you what. What led you uh, into the realm of comedy? Uh, I'm curious because not every the people just don't wake up one day and say, "Oh, well, I want to be a comedian. I want to be like Jerry Seinfeld." You know, did something happen that that made you want to do that? Uh, I think I can remember being like a, a teenager in high school watching. Uh, you remember when Rosie O'Donnell hosted VH1 Stand Up Spotlight? Yeah, I remember that. I, I remember watching that as a as a as a teenager in high school, and I'm like. I, I love that. I used to love comedy and watch it all the time. And um, and then at some point in my um, mid twenties, I decided that I wanted to cross it off my life list. I'm like, you know what? I want to try it. And um, a very dear friend of mine who's since passed away encouraged me to to at least try it. She's like, you got to try it, Amy T. You're funny. Uh, I think it'd be perfect for you. And so I I did. I um, I performed my first time, um, I guess it was about five or six years ago now, and I fell in love. I was hooked. It just, it, it was like my drug of choice instantly wow. when I got my first laugh and well, been committed to it ever since. Well, it showed you that, hey, you know, you are funny. It wasn't just uh, your family laughing at you and then really just laughing at you because you weren't that funny. <laughs> exactly. They were just making fun of you, like, hey, she, she thinks she's going to do that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Did, did your family, was your family supportive of you uh, pursuing comedy? Um, very supportive. Matter of fact, um, my my mom comes to, whenever I'm in the New England area, she tries to make all my shows. Um, she's probably over proud of me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she gets a kick out of it when I write jokes about her and my father. And, um, and it makes it that much more fun when they're in the audience because I can play off of them, you know. Right, it gives you uh, gives you some some food for your show. <laughs> Absolutely, please, yeah. Yeah, that, that's funny. Yeah, you know, but that that's good. That's good that your family supported you because I think that with anything you do in life, uh, whether it be comedy, acting, anything, if you have if you have just one person that believes in you, that is the fuel that you need to go reach for your dreams. So I think too many people they kind of. You know, they fall by the wayside. They're afraid to go for their dreams, but you weren't afraid. I mean, this is something you said, oh, I'm going to give it a shot, and you have been reaching for that brass ring ever since. Absolutely. I think it's just, you know, you have to have a passion in life. And, um, and you know, when that little voice inside of you speaks to you, and and you just, and it feel and it just felt right. That first time I was on stage, um, it just, it's like another piece of the puzzle of my life just kind of like clicked in and I was like, oh yeah, this, I, I definitely think I'm meant to do this in some sort of facet in my life and now I, now I make a, a, a living at it. Well, that, that, that's awesome. I think, um, so it was, it was like a situation, um, where you, you, you didn't 
you know, you didn't uh, dream about this when you were a kid. It was something that someone said, hey, you're funny, you should, you should give it a shot, and you gave it a shot, and this is what happened. Um, but how, I'm going to ask you this. You, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to your first performance. I know you, you felt comfortable when you were on stage, but come on, tell me, when you were in the back getting prepped for your show, how, how did it feel before you stepped on stage, before that light was on you? It's a it's an adrenaline rush that you. The word nervous is is like an understatement. Um, I I remember just that adrenaline rush of excitement and and nervousness and and of course you know you're going out on stage for the first time performing a five minute, um, you know bit of material, um, hoping that people that you've written hoping to make people laugh. So it's a little bit of anxiety. Um, at the same time as it is excitement, you know what I mean? It's, it's all ends of the spectrum okay. when you're waiting to go on stage, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that, that's what I get uh, from, from comedians that I speak to. I, I hear the similar things because, you know, you can't explain the feeling, but it's there and it's like something that's uh, surreal. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it is almost like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, exactly. And I, and if I think about it, you know, going back six years ago in my first performance, I, I could go right back to every single one of those emotions before I step foot on stage. Yeah, that, that's interesting. We had, uh, you know, you, you've been doing this, what, for about five years or so now? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, because we had uh, another comedian that you may be familiar with. She's a cougar comedian, Tracy Tedesco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had her on the show. I haven't she, met her, but I am familiar with her, yeah. Yeah, well, one thing that she said to me, and I'm sure that you can relate, uh, she said that, you know, she's doing it for about the same time you are, and she said, I'm still uh, a baby in in the, the field of comedy, because as Jerry Seinfeld said, is that when you're, you know, six or ten years in, it's like you're ten years old as a child, and you're just still growing. Do you feel that same way? Absolutely. I think um, every year that has gone by, um, I've matured on stage. My style has changed, um, and I'm, I still think that I think recently, in the last year, I found um, what I call my voice. It's like okay, now I think I've found exactly what how it fits for me to act on stage, be on stage, my persona on stage, um, and I and I think it's it's been five years in the making of you know performance after performance. Um, I don't. I tape every single one of my sets um, so that I can watch. It's like homework to me. Um, you know, I watch and I see. Okay, how did I say something different? How did I do something different? Was my facial expression better or worse? Um, you know, the same joke that got you know a laugh five times in a row with five different audiences tanked tonight. Why did that happen? You know, so um, I'm constantly you know trying to improve myself and improve my writing and. And I don't think that it's, I don't think you ever reach a point, or, it, or it's just my opinion, I don't think that you can ever reach a point where you're done growing and developing yourself as a comic. Mm-hmm. I think because you, you, things around you change all the time, um, current events change, so you can constantly um, improve. Well, I mean, I love that you said that because a lot of, again, we have actors, models, we have all types of people on the show in the, in the realm of entertainment, the world of entertainment. And one thing that's a constant, whether you're a comedian, whatever you are, it's the same thing. I hear it over and over and over again. It's honing your skills, studying, doing your due diligence, learning, learning, always a learning process. And the more I speak to people, 
and, and, and the world of entertainment, the more it seems, and I hope our listeners are hearing this, that that is a key element in succeeding, not only in entertainment, but in anything you do in life. You have to Absolutely. know. You have you have to know the the thing. If you play football, yeah, you 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 study the uh, the reels. You have to, and that's mm-hmm. what they do in the back room. That's what you're doing. You're studying your reels to get yourself better, so you're more prepared, and so on and so forth. I think that's fantastic. Um, Amy, you, your your journey hasn't been an easy one. Can can you let our listeners know? You know, from the time you started comedy, what really happens? Because they see the end result. They see you on stage performing and everything. I like going behind the scenes where you're actually, you know, busting your butt, uh, going through your routine, your routine, doing your thing, all the hours you put into it just to get that end result. Can you can you give us a, a glimpse into into that part of your life? Um, you know, if, if a, an audience member is watching, you know, me perform like a 20, 30 minute set, that 20 or 30 minutes that they're watching probably took me, you know, you know, 50 or 60 performances to, to perfect and mm-hmm. probably tons and tons of writing hours. Um, it's, it's not all that glamorous sometimes. Um, sometimes you're driving, you know, to Caribou, Maine, which is like an eight-hour drive mm-hmm. to perform for 15 minutes in front of, and for me, living in an alternative lifestyle, and you're on the, in Caribou, Maine, and then, you know, there's a lot of funny stereotypes about people from Maine, mm-hmm. um, but first of all, you know, their teeth aren't missing, they're just black, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's, it can be scary for, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone of an alternative lifestyle, because I don't change my act no matter where my, where, I might tailor it just a little bit, but I don't. Um, you know, my physical appearance, it, it obviously, um, says that I'm a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, right when I come on stage, you know, you, you're going to know that I'm probably of an alternative lifestyle, but it can also be, you know, scary performing in front of, um, different audiences because you're not sure what you're going to get for reaction. Um, some people have very, very strong opinions on homosexuality and, you know, that's where hate crimes come from. So that can be kind of nerve wracking sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, like you said, you drive eight hours to a gig or three or four hours to a gig for $25, $50 just to get stage time, just to get better, just to get practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully, you know, get your name and face out there so that people can see your talent, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a lot that's, of, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. A time in a, you spend a lot of time in a, in, in a car. Right. Um, traveling as a comic. Like right now, I'm driving to New York City, which is, you know, four hours from me to to work this weekend. Oh really? Well, maybe I'll go see you. Maybe oh good. I'll, maybe I'll go to your Where show. Are you? I'm in New York. <laughs> oh no kidding! That's yeah. hilarious. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But you know, yeah. Yeah, but I I I like you sh- and I appreciate you sharing that because I think again a lot of people see the end result. They don't see what's involved with you bouncing from gig to gig, from town to town, from from county to county. And and, and I told you, and I made mention of Tracy Tedesco, and the reason I did is because she mentioned two things. The first thing I mentioned before, the second thing she mentioned to me was that, you know, it's it's hard for a woman in comedy because, you know, sometimes you don't get the respect. Now, you know, they when they make the announcement, they say, well, you know, X, Y, Z, this this guy's a comic, come on board, and the guy's up there, he's announced normally. But a woman is like, you have so-and-so, she's a female comic. Okay? Yep, absolutely. And, and, and now for you, now, you know, she has it, she had it rough, and still women in comedy have it rough. 
you know, you ha you see the end result with the Ellen DeGeneres, this and that, and Rosie O'Donnell, all this stuff. But there's a there's a there's a path that you have to go, and it's a rough path. Now for you, it's even that much. It must be that much more difficult, I would think. You know, I think, some, I think sometimes I get frustrated because yes, I'm a lesbian comic, um, or yes, I'm a lesbian, yes, I'm a comedian, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm just a lesbian comic. Right. Um, and so sometimes I get pigeonholed into a certain um, niche of of area. Like, you know, I get do a lot of the gay shows or Provincetown or um, you know um, women's festivals and stuff like that, which is great. I mean, it's it's great, but it's also it's also tougher to get um, bigger mainstream work because you know there's a million comics out there, and then if you get that one stigma. Um, and some people don't like it, so it's hard to, you know, fun, to me, I don't care if you're gay or straight, funny is funny. If you think I'm funny, I'm funny. It just doesn't matter that I'm a lesbian or, or I'm not a lesbian. Um, if I can still make you laugh, that's what's universal. But, that, that's, but, but that's the thing that, that throws me back, you know, and I'm going to go into another person that I interviewed. She, she's a, it's a woman, but she She's a promoter, and she developed a, a, uh, an organization. I mentioned it earlier, Cage Fighting FX. It's a woman. She runs a mixed martial arts event. She has like seven, 8,000 people at her events in, in New England, in Massachusetts. Okay. But still, she still faces that, that stigma of being, you know, a woman in that realm. Okay. And it's like it shouldn't be. It should be you're not a man, woman. doesn't matter what you are. If you're funny, like in your, your situation, you're funny, you're funny. That's it. It's funny. You know, but it seems that people seem to want to tag you and, and, and put it on your head. Say, this is the, the type of comedian you are. That's the, uh, the mold that you're in. And that's it. And that's who you are. But that's, that's, for, that's, a, that, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Absolutely, and it, unfortunately, I think a lot of times, and especially like when you talk about the woman promoter that does the cage fighting and stuff, you know, for lack of better terms, I mean, it's a man's world in a, mm -hmm. in a sense, and so I don't think she, I, I can imagine she wouldn't get the same respect um, oh, as a man promoting cage fighting, but, and I think comedy um, is, is mostly seen as a, heterosexual male male kind of world mm -hmm. yeah and, and I see that because I mean look, but you know the thing is that you look at uh, let me go into one of the greats uh, Gilda Radner okay you, you have oh, yeah. you, you have I mean uh, God rest her soul but you, you had you have comedians that are or are, are, are women that are so hilarious Tracy Ullman I mean so hilarious so hilarious okay but you're right you know, you have a Jerry Seinfeld that would achieve, has achieved greater fame, stardom, you know, everything else, success, than than someone else that may be equal to him, but is, is a woman. Mm -hmm. Okay, and again, it's sad, but that's the society we live in. And uh, but that's what made your path just rougher than it should have been. You know, again, that's my opinion, um, because you can look at it as an advantage or a disadvantage. And in your case, what what do you consider that? Do you consider that an advantage or just a hurdle that you have to get over? You know, I think it's just a little bit of an obstacle, and I think it's just a matter of progression in society. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like once you start getting people to think that we're all just we're all human, we're all on an even playing field. Mm -hmm. um, that's I think the I think that's just an obstacle. 
Right. Well, that that's good that you look at that because then you're looking at the glass half uh, full instead of half empty, where most people always, yeah, always, because you have you have so much negativity out there. And again, you know, it's sad. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, hate crimes, this and that. And again, I'm just because I'm we're talking about it. I think it's just wrong. You know, uh, people are people. Let you know, as long as nobody's bothering you, just let people live. I mean, that's that's the way it should be. I I personally don't care. You know, as long as, exactly. as long as nobody's doing anything to me, then you know what do I what do I care? Enjoy your life, be happy. <laughs> yep, you know I'm not hurting you. You know, then it shouldn't matter whatsoever. That's... You know, I've had some um, I've had some hecklers, in, you know, some you know, and they always seem to be men hecklers. But at the end of uh, at the end of a performance, that I wouldn't leave without having somebody with me, like another one of the you know guy comics walk me to my car or um, where I've been. You know, a little nervous because they can, they, you know, you know, you're always in a drinking environment too when you perform. So mm-hmm. you get somebody that's had a little bit too much alcohol, and they, you know, want to seem to think they're the ones that can change you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all you need is a, a good man, and then you won't be a lesbian anymore. Kind of mentality. Right. Um, I have been, you know, nervous before. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I don't blame you, but you have, and I'm going to say that you have a lot of idiots out there with that mentality, you know, where they have their their, their head shoved where it shouldn't be, you mm-hmm. know, and it just, you know, look, you're out there, you're performing, you shouldn't be uh, worried about walking to your car and all that stuff, and it's sad, and I, and, I, and I feel for you, because you're out there trying to build something, and you're sending a message, even though you're, you're a comedian, but you're also sending a message, and you know what, I, I think that what you're doing, and, and the rough road that you're, you're, you're on right now, that you're you're going to be very successful in what you do, and you are successful. But I think I know you're going to be even further successful. You wouldn't be on this show if I didn't think that. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. But it's true. It's true. Anyone that we have on the show, we see great things in their in, you know in their lives and their careers, and having your story, or, or or having the honor and the ability on our end to have you tell your story is what makes uh, the UCW radio show what it is. And we try to send the message of inspiration and, and it's, you know, guests like you that are helping us to do that. Now, we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to get a little serious. We've, we've been kind of serious, but we're going to get a little serious as, you know, beyond comedy because uh, I want to get your views on, on certain things, if it's okay with you. If it's not, I understand. But I, everyone has views on, on gay rights in America today. I don't want to get too political, but I'm just curious on what you're, what you think. Do you think that enough is being done or not enough being done as far as gay rights? And if not enough is being done, how, how would, would things get better? I'm just... I don't even like... Sometimes, like, the term gay rights kind of, like... Um, kind of frustrates me because I don't feel like it's gay rights. I feel like it's human rights. Okay. I want just the same opportunities and privileges um, that, you know, heterosexual people have. Um, you know, I want the same kind of tax deductions and, and, and those kind of things, and which is just makes it human rights. Mm-hmm. You know, you that's all, that's basically what it is. We're all human beings. It doesn't matter, you know, that who I sleep with at the end of the day, I'm still a human being and I deserve the same rights um, that every that you have, that my parents have, um, that, you know, the guy that's driving in the car next to me has. I don't think it's a matter of gay rights. I don't I don't like I don't like that term, so so to speak. It's like putting us back 
like, you know, civil rights. It's not civil rights. It's what another human being deserves. Right. And, I, and I, I agree with that because, you know, and again, we'll, we'll crank back time a little bit. And, you know, you talk about civil rights, and first you had women's rights and civil rights and gay rights. But when, whenever all these rights are given, then it becomes part of human rights. So yeah, you know, having having rights as a human being is, uh, I mean, that's uh, you're, you're born, you have certain rights as a human being. Why why can't you have the uh, deductions that a uh, regular uh, heterosexual would have? There's no reason. Just again, you're right. Who you why who you're with in a relationship doesn't matter. Okay, mm -hmm. if you have, I don't, and I don't. It's um, I don't think it's fair that you know. Somebody else has the right to tell me that either, you know. Um, I'm like I'm fortunate. I'm from you know Boston, Massachusetts, and we've had gay marriage now for Christ, like what six years now. Mm -hmm. um, and now, slowly but surely, the other states uh, are are starting to to creep up. I mean, we've got Maine, Maine of all places, passed gay marriage, um, and yet um, California, you know, with the biggest population, can't seem to get Prop Eight past. Right. Fascinating to me. Of, of all places, California is like, is, you know, struggling to pass gay marriage. Um, and I, and I, I think that's ridiculous, but I did, um, I got married, um, Jesus, I've been separated from my wife four years, so I got married um, the year that gay marriage was um, legal. Uh, so that was at 2003, four, whatever it was. Okay. Um, and my wife and I got married, but then I just went through the divorce this year. Um, so I started to go through the same process as, you know, you would or mm -hmm. another heterosexual couple in Massachusetts would. Mm -hmm. So it was really no different, you know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I know, but look, the bottom line is divorce sucks. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's... It was, yeah, it was, you know, it was the hardest thing I ever had, one of the hardest things I've had to do was, sure. you know, stand in front of the judge in that courtroom and, and say I was getting divorced. And to me, it was like, not only obviously a personal obstacle and an and upset for me personally, but it also was like a little bit humbling too, because it's like, all right, so we fought all this time to get married. And I feel like now people are like, well, see, you give them gay marriage, now they don't even want it. Well, it's not so much that. Sometimes it's just relationships just don't work. You know what I mean? It's not anybody's fault, um, although it was hers. <laughs> <laughs> dig, dig. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, my, my, uh, my ex-wife and I are, are very close friends good, uh, now. Good. But, um, but it's, you know, nobody looks at a, a straight couple and says, looks at them with a, like a, you know, a hairy eyeball. But if you say, oh, well, you know, you're a gay couple getting divorced, it's kind of like, taboo, you know, and I think for a long time we waited four years, we've been separated for four, four and a half years, and we mm -hmm. finally got divorced um, this year, and I think it was one of those things, because I am in the public eye, um, we kind of just waited because we didn't want it to be so so fresh. Right, no, I understand that fully, because, I mean, you're, it's not like you're you're just like the average Joe or Jane, and you're there, and you go through this, you know, because divorce is divorce. I don't care who you're married to, divorce is divorce. It sucks. You have to go through the courses and the whole nine yards. Yeah, I know stuff about that. So, but, you know, when you're in the public eye, it, it puts more pressure on the situation, because now you get divorced. Now, 
it's public record, the internet, this, that, and Amy T this, Amy T that, and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and things come out. And it just makes mm -hmm. it even harder for you to even go through that process. And it, it is a personal situation, but you know, being in the public eye, it becomes a public situation. You know, but I'm Absolutely. sorry. I'm sorry to hear about the divorcing. I know it's a tough thing, but yeah, you, I mean, you're right. You know, you 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 get married, you have the rights. You get married, fantastic. Things don't work out. Yeah, that's life. Mm -hmm. That is life. It doesn't matter matter what you are. You know, you're straight, gay, whatever it is, you go you go through stuff. Um, but uh, but anyway, I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of like change topics. <laughs> So we can get on to some more stuff uh, about you, because I, I mean, I, I love the fact that we're learning so much about you on this show. It is fantastic. Uh, but you've been in some films. Can, can you tell us what films you were in? You were in a couple, I believe. I was in, um, this, most recently, I was in um, a, a documentary series called Laughing Matters Next Gen that's now airing on um, the gay uh, channel called Logo that's on, um, you know, cable. Okay. And uh, it's a, the fourth installment of the Laughing Matters series. Which is so crazy to me because uh, a few years ago, uh, there was the first um, Laughing Matter series was with Suzanne Westenhofer, Kate Clinton, uh, and I remember when that was on, and I remember watching it, and I remember going, "I want to do that. I want to be. I want to be in a Laughing Matter series." And this was just the first one, and then they came out with the second one. So I put the the cover of the DVD, a picture of it, on my vision board. Okay. And I put that on my vision board. And a few months later, um, the producer of the the, the documentary series, um, Andrea Meyerson, um, who is all out films, called me and said, um, I'm producing my my fourth installment, Laughing Matters, Next Generation, and it's a documentary series of up-and-coming young comics across the country, and I would like for you to be one of them. I couldn't, like, it was literally a dream come true. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. I, I remember getting the email, and uh, I sent her the email back, and She's in Los Angeles, and I sent her the email back, and I go, in probably about three hours, you're going to hear the scream coming from Boston, because I was just so excited. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's, that's the most recent one that I've been doing. Um, I've done a, a couple of like, little like, indie things for like local people. But that, that, that's a great story. You know, I mean, you, you wanted something, or you, 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 you saw something. You said, I can do this. I want to do it. You put it up on your vision board. You put it up there. Now you're looking at this every day, you know, and it becomes a situation that, okay, it's, it's, it's a dream. But some people, and this bothers me, some people, they look at something and say, oh, you know, I could do that, but, you know, it's too much work. I, I, I'll never do it because it'll never happen for me. You know, I, it bothers me when people have that mentality. But you took that thing, you put it on your board, you're looking at it every day. You you know this is going to happen to you. It's not about not happening. You know it's going to happen. It's funny because I can't tell you. Um, every every six months or so, I update my vision board. And when something comes true, I cover it up and I put something new on there. And I, I was looking at it a couple of months ago. Um, I think it was like the 1st of July. I was looking at it and going, I can't believe all the things that I've, wanted and dreamt about how much has come true, whether it's the movie, um, I put a, uh, a picture of a Hummer H3 on my, on my vision board, and that's what I'm driving right now, right down to the color. Um, I oh, so you, you drive that gas guzzle. All right, okay, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> is that like the dichotomy of a lesbian? Because we're so crunchy and so earthy, and we want to save the planet. And, you know, here I am driving my orange Hummer to the recycle station every Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> now, that, that, now, that's funny. 
Now that's funny, yeah, because it's like, uh, well, we want to, I want to save the planet, yeah, but you know something, I'm also polluting it. So thank you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> but that, that, that's that's pretty funny. So uh, yeah, so you do that, and when when you you know you you see things happening for yourself. Well, I um I am also believe like you know you can talk about it mm -hmm. all you want, like oh you know you want to do this, you want to do that, but you also got to go and and make things happen for yourself, and that's what. I'm a believer in making things happen. And, and that, so, I, so many people I know talk about like, oh, I want, I want to, you know, I want to run a marathon or I want to, you know, bike ride across country for AIDS or whatever the uh, hell they, you know, want to do, but mm -hmm. they just talk about it and they never, you know, take the step to making that happen. And, you know, if I say I want to do something, I will do my damnedest to at least make it at least make an attempt. I might right. might not be able to to do it. Maybe I won't be able to finish the marathon, mm -hmm. but I might be the last one across the the finish line. But at least I'll finish. Well, that that's why I want to give clarity to this because it's not like you're throwing something on the on a board saying, "Oh, I hope it's sitting there on your knees. I hope it happens. I hope it happens." No, you're actually making it happen. See, the, some people have a misconception that, hey, you know what? I'll put it there and I'm going to look at it every day and it's going to just you know happen. You have to work towards. You have to. That's be effort in it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you have to be proactive in in your dreams. I think. Yeah. Well, and that, that's find you. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that, that's that's a, that's. I'm glad that we brought that up. Now, Amy, uh, I want to talk about uh, your show. You had a tour that you were on. It's called the Two Dyke Minimum. I I saw this and I started laughing so hard. Uh, but you got you had a lot of praise for that. Uh, now, how did that show come about? And you were doing it. You had you had a, you were a co-host, or a, a, you had someone with you on it. Yes, um, my dear friend Sandra Valls, who um, is based in Los Angeles, um, she's done a ton of stuff. She's done one night stand up on Logo. She's been um, one of the Latin divas of comedy that was airing on Showtime, um, and she's been touring with that too across the country. I met Sandra in Los Angeles about four years ago, and and I, I called her one day. Uh, I met her out in Los Angeles at a uh, at a gay and lesbian um, comedy festival called Outlap, and she goes, "You're Amy T." And I had just started comedy, maybe maybe a year, year and a half into it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Well, how do you know me?" She goes, "Cause she was originally from Boston about uh, ten or twelve years ago." And she goes, "Cause when I came home to Boston, everybody was talking about Amy T, Amy T, Amy T, Amy T sells out this venue. Amy T does this." And she goes, "I wanted to know who this Amy T was." And so she goes, I can't believe I met you, dude. And so we we hunted it out, and we talked, and we just became fast and furious instant friends. Cool. And um, matter of fact, she, I, she's um, responsible for getting me into practicing a, a Buddhist lifestyle. And um, we decided to do the show called Two Dyke Minimum, you know, okay. to kind of play off the two-drink minimum thing. Mm -hmm. And um, And so we went on tour. We did, like, 12 shows in 14 days over six states. Um, so we were in a car constantly, which can get kind of crowded, but we had the time of our lives and, um, both of our careers went into, that was, um, not last, not this past summer, but the summer before we did it. And, um, now we were, she was just, um, here, uh, working in Provincetown and we were like, we got to go back out on the road again. So we are going to do that, um, bring that back, um, in 2010 and go back out on the road with the Two Minimum Tour. And it's a co-headlining show. Uh, we each do like 35 to 45 minutes a piece. 
Um, sometimes at different cities, we will pick up a couple of local comics to open up for us and um, give them an opportunity to perform and and um, get some stage time on on a on a show like that. And it seems like right when we started Two Deck Minimum, a, a bunch of different shows started popping up very similar, like whether it's Dykes on Mics or um, Dykes at Hazard and that kind of thing. Um, people started running with um, touring with a with a group and a name and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So it's a great time, and I'm looking forward to going out on the road with her again. Oh, you guys did that first, and I mean, uh, I guess the ultimate form of flattery is uh, someone copying you. Absolutely, you know, and it's like, uh, and I think um, as a as a different generation of comedy coming up, uh, as a younger generation comedy coming up, there's not a lot of we don't. I know in in my comedy circle, um, we don't feel like competitive. Instead of feeling like. Um, how do, how do I describe it? Instead of feeling competitive and like, oh, well, we're going to do that show instead of you, it's more like, hey, why don't you do the show together? Like, we'll all do it. And, um, and so that we all can get work and we all can get exposure and work together because there's nothing more fun than working with your friends. So, um, like, my, my group um, that did the movie with me, Laughing Matters Next Gen, there were six of us. They came to New England um, for two weeks and we did um, a tour the six of us did a tour uh, for two weeks for the Laughing Matters Next Gen Tour um, in the New England area in April. And it was just a good time. And it's a, it's a way for us to kind of have a bonding, but also share the um, share the excitement and also share the exposure and share the, the experiences and stuff. And um, I'm trying to think of the word that I'm trying to think of. but Well, you have the camaraderie. Camaraderie, whatever. I'm like retarded today. It's been a been a long day, but you guys work as a unit. You guys support each other. You you go and and you get it done. And you, I mean, I think that's fantastic. And I and I see that with with uh, comedy a lot because where everyone's fighting for their for to to get where they need to go. I I mean, in acting and stuff like that. But in comedy, it's a little bit different. And I kind of look at it and I say, okay, I guess the the way I can I can describe it is like SNL. Yep. Okay, like SNL where everyone is doing their thing, but they all support each other. They're all having a good time doing doing what they do. Absolutely. And, and they all have like, you know, individual careers as well as one together. Right. And then that's it. But that's how you, one supports the other is like, you know, and then you keep pushing forward and forging forward. And I think there's nothing better than that. And when you have your, your tour, and I like this, is that you're giving these young comedians a shot and that because you know the struggle in comedy and how hard it is to get what you need to get that to give someone a shot in front of your audience to go perform you know you can't get any better than that it's better than going somewhere and not knowing what you're doing not knowing anything is going there and performing for a random crowd you're actually giving them an opportunity to a certain for a certain crowd to perform mm -hmm. before you and then that that I pat you on the back for because you're giving these young comics a shot and that, that's fantastic. You know, Go ahead. And you also want to pay it forward. You know, somebody gave me an opportunity. You want to pay that, pay that forward. Yeah, and that, but that's all. That's the only way to do it because the alternative is what you know, thinking about yourself and what fulfillment is that? You know, uh, when you, when you do great things, the the best thing that you can do when you progress in life is help the next man. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the way to do it. Now, Amy, you have a lot of stuff going on. 
Okay, you know, right now you're driving to New York, so you you're in your car or on the phone, you're in your Hummer, okay, and you're going you're going to New York. We're on the phone. Uh, where where are you going? Where are you performing tonight or tomorrow? Um, this weekend, actually, remember I was telling you earlier, you never stop learning. Yes. Um, this weekend I'm going to New York City to take the Judy Carter, um, comedy workshop. Um, Judy Carter is the author of. You know, our Bible literally called the Comedy Bible, mm -hmm. um, and she is giving a stand-up workshop. And because I've always absolutely, you know, been so fascinated by this woman, she's had an amazing career as a stand-up performer, as a as a, a sitcom writer, as a sitcom actor, actress, I should say. Um, she was coming to New York City uh, this weekend to do um, a very intimate uh, workshop at the Gotham Comedy Club. So. Uh, for my birthday, I was given that, um, that that workshop from my girlfriend, so I'm so excited. So that's why I'm coming to New York City. I was supposed to perform tomorrow night at Eastville, but my show got postponed until next month. So oh. I'll be back next month to perform um, at the Eastville Comedy Club. But that's why I'm driving to New York City because I never want to stop learning. I never want and, and to and to be you know tutored under such an amazing status of a woman. I'm I'm a little starstruck. I know I'm going to be nervous as hell on Sunday meeting her for the first time, and then. You know, performing my material in front of her is going to be, you know, a little, it's probably a little nerve-wracking, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that, but it's amazing that, you know, you're out there and you're, 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 you're on TV, you have the TV show, you're in movies, stuff like that, you're doing stuff, you're out there performing, doing your tours, everything, and you are accomplished as a comedian, but you also, you're, you're still on your growth pattern, and I'm just I'm I'm thrown back because now you're going to even learn more from the best. I mean, yeah. there's nothing. I mean, that's fantastic because you don't stop honing your skills. You 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 know what you're trying to do, and and you're not too big of a person that you can't learn from someone else. Absolutely not. And you know what? She, you know, I I'm thinking by the time you know this workshop's over on the end of Sunday, you know. She'll give me the experience and and um, the guidance, maybe to take it to another level. Yeah, I I think that's awesome. Um, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm speechless about that because, you know, and I know with, with comedians, from speaking to several comedians, that you know you're always learning, you're always going on stage, and you, you you try new things out with a different crowd, and you keep honing your skills, honing your skills, honing your skills. But going out there learning from another comedian is like it's like sending a message, hey, you know what, you're never too good that you can't learn from someone else. Absolutely. And, and that's fantastic. Uh, Amy, uh, now let's uh, let's talk about your, your performances that you have coming up. Uh, where can people see you? Um, let me see, what do I get? I'll be in the Boston area um, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be working in East Hampton, Mass. Um, on Saturday the 19th. Um, I'll be in Asbury Park doing the Rocktoberfest with Christine Martucci. I'm going to be hosting that show um, in Asbury Park, New Jersey, on October 3rd. Um, and, and, a, and a really special benefit that I'm doing in Nutley, New Jersey, on November 1st is for the Angel Initiative, which is uh, for the AFSP, the American Federal Foundation for Suicide Prevention and Mental Health Awareness, uh, which is really near and dear to my heart. Um, my girlfriend now, um, her mom committed suicide three years ago, so she. Wow made it her mission to, um, you know, obviously help prevent um, suicide and to make, you know, society aware of the struggles of people with mental illness and, and hopefully get um, those that are struggling with mental illness 
um, the help that they need and the support um, that they need. So I'll be doing a benefit in Nutley on uh, November 1st on Sunday at the Starlight um, Dance uh, Dance Lounge, I guess Starlight Dance uh, uh, Studio, excuse me. Okay. Um, I'll also be on the new um, lesbian uh cruise line called Sweet, uh, November 8th through the 15th, we're going to be doing a Western Caribbean cruise, which another thing, I put it on my vision board in uh, January, first week, uh, January 1st, and then um, first week in April, she sent me uh, a text message, and she said, you know what, I would like to have you come and perform on my cruise for me, so hmm. I'm com- completely overwhelmed by that, I'm so excited, I'm going to be on a boat with 2,000 lesbians, um, cruising the Western Caribbean, performing a couple of shows, um, uh, while I'm uh, while I'm there uh, with a bunch of friends of mine, other comics, Condor Vall, Gloria Bigelow, Suzanne Westenhofer, some of the audience might know um, her. She's a a big deal in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that and just doing a lot of. Um, I like to do a lot of benefits. I like to give back to um, charities and organizations. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is in October, so I I have something coming up for that in the Boston area where. I, I like to donate my time as much as possible because I feel like I, that's my way of giving back um, to the community, you know, for, for anything. So, right. like I said, um, you know, the the AFSP that I'll be performing for, I'm also doing a, a fundraiser in um, Salisbury, Mass. in October for the AFSP. And a bunch of my comedy friends signed right on. I called them up. I said, listen, I'm doing a benefit. I, I can't pay you any money because I want all the money to go to this. And I had... I had to literally whittle down the, the the list to eight comics because I would have had a 24-hour a, a show for an entire weekend with all the people that said that they would do that to help me out. So, um, But mostly I'll be in the New England area for the next couple of months. And then um, hopefully uh, in 2010, I'll be going out across the country on the Two Deck Minimum Tour with Sandra. That, that is awesome. And I, I got to say that your story... And I'm I, again. I I said it before, but I'm saying it now again that I'm throwing back. And I want to wish you a happy belated birthday, by the way, because I wasn't oh, aware. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry to hear about uh, your girlfriend's mom and everything. Uh, that that's uh, I hate hearing about uh, horrible things like that. But I'm I'm um maybe it's a little maybe I maybe the word is wrong, but I'm gonna say I'm proud of you for what you're doing. Okay, because you're actually, you know, taking what the gift that you have and you're going out and doing great things with it. And I think that's fantastic. Um, And again, as I said, your future is getting brighter and brighter. Uh, Amy, now people can go and find out more about you on your official website, right? Um, Yeah, and right now I'm I'm making it under construction right now. So it's a little dated in far as my dates, but it also, there's a link that puts it right to my MySpace which is uh, MySpace backslash Amy Tiki, um, which has a ton of list of my performances and where I'm going to be, and I'm updating it all the time because I get calls all the time to perform. So that's our current update, or you can always contact me on uh, Facebook, and that's also Amy Tiki. And then you can go to my website, amyt.com, and each that'll direct you to, to both places that you can catch up with me. Um, I, I, I answer all my own um Facebook and, and MySpace messages, so I so if you do contact me and it takes me a couple of days, that's why I just I do it myself, so I can try to stay connected to the fans. Right. I like that. That's Matter awesome. of fact, I last night, yesterday, all afternoon, this woman who's a fan of mine that comes to my shows all the time contacted me. She's like, "Can you tell me the joke? Can you do me a favor? A friend of mine's going through a breakup. Can you tell me the joke that you do about you know 
not being friends with your exes or whatever. And I wrote her back. I'm like, it's not my joke. She goes, it is your joke. And I'm like, it's not. We are, like, not so much argued, but went back and forth for about six or eight different times. <laughs> and I'm trying to convince her. She's like, look at the tape. And I'm like, I did look at the tape, and it's not my joke. And I, she insists that I do this joke about being not being friends with my exes, which is couldn't be more further from the truth. But um, So I do try to stay connected to my fans and... and um, and try to and try to make them friends. I I hate call, I hate calling them fans because I, I think the, the, I, I like to say you know friends. Okay. Well, I'm going to say something to, uh, to to our listeners and then your friends out there that um, that that follow your career. Um, yeah, do Amy a favor. Please don't ask her stupid questions and then you you ask a question and you're going to sit and continue to force it down her throat. She's busy. <laughs> you know, and, and it's great that you connect with your, your, your friends slash fans uh, in that way because it makes you more human. And I, I think that's fantastic. Now, do, do you Twitter at all? Uh, I do tweet, um, and that's also Amy Teehee. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't get into the tweeting. I really can't. I have to be honest about the tweets. My girlfriend does it for me. Okay. I'm like, can you just, she'll be like, well, I tweeted for you today. I'm like, what'd you do? She's like, oh. I said that you went out to mow the lawn. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I did. She goes, well, I told him that. And I'm like, okay. So I have to say, I don't do my own tweets. My girlfriend does them for me. Um, I just can't get, a, I can't, I can't get a hold of it. I can't figure out the the phenomenon behind it yet. So yeah, you, you I let her do it. Yeah, you don't want to be like like John Mayer, I guess. I, no, I really don't. And I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like you know what? If you want to know what I'm doing, just check my Facebook status. That's basically the same thing. Right. That's no, no John Mayer for you, um, Amy. One, one last thing, because I know you're you're driving uh, to New York, and I'm kind of engulfing your your drive, which it could be a good and a bad thing. I don't want to get you into an accident. Good thing right now, huh? I said it's an absolute good thing right now. You're making the time go by. All right, thumbs up for us. Um, but you know, I want I want you to actually do something for me if you can. You know, and actually for, for our listeners or for anyone that's listening to the show that may live an alternative lifestyle or may be facing a hurdle, not even just alternative lifestyle, but just may be facing a hurdle, and they wanted to pursue a career in acting or comedy or, or anything in entertainment, what advice would you give them? Follow your heart. Listen to that that voice inside of you that... When you're that passionate about something, you'll you'll feel it. You feel it. You'll know that you're doing the right things. Like I've, you know, several times, um, you know, over the past few years, I I wonder. I'm like, I don't know if this is for me, you know, because you know, financially sometimes it was it was a struggle. I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, try to pursue this as much as I as, as I am. Maybe I should just go get a career like a, a normal person and, and like a corporate job and nine to five, and then something will happen. Like you know getting the email that says, you know, I'm going to be in the next Laughing Matters DVD series, and that says to me, you know what, I am on the right path. So you have to listen to that little bit of a voice. You have to follow your heart and, and, and be passionate about something. If you're passionate about acting or singing or, you know, even being an accountant, if you're passionate about, you know, crunching numbers, then just continue following your dreams, and, and nothing should stop you. I don't think anything should stop you when, when you believe in, in, in believing in your own self. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And that I can't even add on to that. You said it all. Um, Amy, I gotta say your journey to this point 
is great. Um, again, we sorted out. I knew some things about you. We went into some other stuff. You opened up, and I appreciate that. I learned more about you, and I like you more as a person now than I did 45 minutes ago. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, but it's 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 the truth because you know you're real. Uh, you're you're seem like seem to be a great person. I like the way you know. I like the things that you said. Uh, right now, you're still in the growth process of your career, as we talked about the uh, stages of, of comedy, as uh, you know, uh, Tracy Tedesco mentioned to me, and as you confirmed it being uh, what it is, that you're going through the growth thing. Is you, you, you're crawling, then you're going to walk, you're walking, you're going to run, and the, and the whole story. Um, and you're still getting there. Uh, you have a bright future ahead of you. I have no doubt in my mind about it. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the UCW radio show. Thank you so much for sharing yourself and taking the time, but sharing a piece of yourself, because that's what you did. You shared a piece of yourself with us and, and our listeners, and I appreciate it. Uh, and it was it was really awesome having you on. We, we want to do something. We want to have you on again in the future. Cause I, wanna I would up. love yeah, because I, I want to follow up with you. I want to follow up on your career. I want to follow up on the uh, the uh, Two Dyke Minimum Tour. And, and I want to follow up on all that stuff because we like, you know, uh, showing our, our listeners, hey, th this is our guest today, and show the progression later on because that shows that it can be done. And you're doing it, and you're going to show that it can be done. And it would be fantastic to do that. On any time, honestly. That, 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 that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Uh, now, um, our listeners, um, they can follow Amy T's career. Uh, go to our official website, which is amyt.com. That's T-E-E. -E, or go to her, her MySpace, which every time I see this, I laugh. It's, <laughs> it's myspace.com backslash Amy T. He, like in T. He, he, like you're laughing. Uh, so, uh, go to, go to her MySpace. Facebook, she connects with her her fans, which she calls friends, and keep in touch and keep on top of her career because she is continue. She's going to continue to get brighter and brighter and better and better. And soon enough, you're going to see her on top of the mountain. And as far as comedy, as far as life is concerned, because she has the right attitude. And uh, you know, Amy, I I want to wish you all the best of luck with everything, and we will follow up with you in the next few months. Fantastic. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your day. I really appreciate having you on. You too. Be careful driving. What is your major malfunction? All let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.